So Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 21, this is God's holy word. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. That's as far as we'll read this morning, God's holy word. Well, how are you doing? It's a common greeting, isn't it? Probably so common that we can often say it without the thinking that it deserves or the answering that it deserves. How are you doing? Because you know how it's usually answered. Fine. Okay. At times we may even open up and take the chance of being vulnerable and say, well, it's going. But you know, the part of life reflected by that question How's it going? And its answers are not unimportant or insignificant. In fact, it is just this very thing that we see the Apostle Paul doing as we come to the close of Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 21 and 22 in particular. Listen again. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Paul is being very deliberate, isn't he? And intentional. Verse 21 begins uh, with a purpose word in the Greek. So that... Paul has a, a definite purpose in mind. Verse 22 is even more emphatic when Paul says that he is sending Tychicus for this very thing or for this same purpose. Paul is highlighting his intentionality. This is not unimportant. And what is the purpose, then, that Paul is being so deliberate about? The purpose is so that the Christians in Ephesus would know how Paul was doing. Now, I think we can safely assume that they wanted to know. They were really interested in the Apostle Paul's. And Paul, in gospel love and gospel labor wants them to know. It's such a seemingly small but hugely important lesson for us here. How are you doing? How am I doing? Or a response, here is what is going on in my life. This is what the Lord is doing in my life in our congregation, in the church. 
That sort of language should be commonplace for Christians, biblical Christians. Children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are not unfamiliar with heart-to-heart conversations. Disciples of Jesus who are concerned for the work of the church and the witness of the church so that we have hearts for hearts conversations. Our hearts in love for hearts and lives that don't yet know Christ. And so we see the Apostle Paul here, don't we, with this deliberate purpose. And there are two main purposes in that one purpose, and we could call them information and consolation. He's going to communicate what's going on, information, And his concern is that they would know God's consolation or comfort or encouragement. We see both those things so clearly here in these two verses. Paul is communicating his desire to communicate in sending Tychicus. And I think it may be helpful for us again to remember the whole context of these final words of the letter to the Ephesians. Because it's when we remember the whole context of the letter that I think we better see how what Paul is doing here and how we should walk in his footsteps is really so much more than just what people in the world may happen to do. Because we know that kinds of people say, how are you doing? Well, this is what's happening in my life. But how do these sorts of simple questions and conversations, how do they flow out of what Paul has already written here to the church? Let your mind range back over the chapters that we've already considered together. Because what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 21 and 22, make no mistake, these things flow out of the previous six chapters. They are based on the teaching of the whole letter. This is built upon the foundation that Paul has laid in the previous six chapters. And just to help your mind and my mind again go back over the context, just think of these questions. How are you doing? How am I doing? Think about those questions now in the context of the letter to the Ephesians, in which we have read about God's eternal purpose. God bringing all things together under one head, even Christ. The blessing of knowing God, knowing our hope 
and our inheritance and God's power, having been raised from spiritual death and now being alive in Christ, living by grace the life of faith, created to do good works, having been brought near to God and so near to one another by Christ's blood, walls having been broken down, making known the wisdom of God, grasping the love of God in Christ together with all the saints, walking worthy of our calling, living in Love in the unity of the Spirit, growing up into Christ, speaking the truth in love, being kind and compassionate and forgiving as God has forgiven us in Christ as imitators of God, living as children of light, filled with the Spirit, aware of the spiritual warfare in which we are engaged, but wearing the armor of God, praying for all the saints in all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Now, how are you doing? Wow. How significant this is because it flows out of all that glorious truth and life. How are you doing? How am I doing? What's happening in my life? What's happening in the church? In light of all that truth, Paul wants to provide the Ephesian Christians first with information. Information and Certainly that includes a personal update, what we could call a personal update. The things concerning him, his personal circumstances. The things that are happening as he lives his life. The people that he meets. The providences that he encounters. It's the things that were happening in Paul's life, but it is also in this personal update how Paul was doing. The Greek phrase here literally is what I am doing, but commentators and diction, Greek dictionaries tell us that this turn of phrase was, quote, frequently employed idiomatically. It's an idiom. And it, it was used with this intent, how I'm doing. Not just what I'm doing, not just what's happening to me, but how I'm doing in it all. And you obviously know the difference between those two things. Because the same things can happen to two different people, and it crushes one, and it inspires another. Not just what's happening, but how I'm doing. We're better at the first than the second. 
aren't we? We're better at just talking about what's happening than how I'm doing. What I am doing is easier to reveal than how I am doing. But Paul does both. It's a very comprehensive sort of thing, isn't it? What's included in this personal update for Paul and for us? I think Third John is helpful. We already read it before the prayer of confession. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Do you see how comprehensive that is? It deals with the, the physical and the material, your health, your outward circumstances. John is praying about both of those things for his friend, but also the spiritual side of life, heart issues, soul issues, and all three have a place when we let people know how we're doing. Of course, the interest and concern in this letter is understandable. Much has happened in Paul's life. His life was filled with travels and trials. Even now, imprisonment, he's in chains. That's what's been going on, but how is he doing? After all that he's been through, he wants them to know. You know, as Christians, we don't stop being human beings. Life includes for us all kinds of things. And Paul lets them know how he's doing. Of course, not everything needs to be communicated. Uh, there are times when we need to hear and listen to that acronym TMI, too much information. This is a public letter. Tychicus is going to go publicly. We don't know how much Tychicus would say publicly. Just like we don't know how much Paul shared with his friends privately. Not everything we say to some needs to be shared with all. But it's good to give, both publicly at times and privately, personal updates, that kind of personal information. But surely also Paul had a kingdom update as well in this communication of information through Tychicus, a kingdom update. Paul had no doubt much exciting ministry news, many doors being opened for the gospel, even in chains. In spite of all the opposition of, of enemies and even the devil, Paul boldly without hindrance preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Acts 28. So a kingdom update as well. Calvin emphasizes this perhaps too exclusively or one-sidedly, but he said when Paul speaks of his state and his doings, he does not mean the things that concern his body or health. I think that's overstated. 
or anything that belongs to this present life, but he refers especially to the confession of his faith and his free proclamation of the gospel. I think that there probably was an especially there, not to the exclusion of those other things, the personal things, but a kingdom update. What opportunities had Paul had for the gospel? What oppositions had he faced? And how God was working it all out. Isn't that what he says when he writes in Philippians 2? It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Kingdom update. This is what's happening in my life personally, yes, but here's how it fits into God's purpose in the kingdom as Jesus builds his church. What a blessing to have that kind of information shared. As we see in the life of the Apostle Paul, but what a blessing it is and how right and good it is for us as well today in our lives and in the church, to share personal things where that's appropriate, but also to have an interest in kingdom updates, to have an interest for the church in the world, the church worldwide. Every Christian church that professes the name of Jesus and is based on the word of God should be of interest to us, especially sister churches of our own like denomination, churches in Ireland and in Scotland, in Australia, in Sudan. How good it is to know what's going on. Sometimes delegates, usually delegates, are sent from one synod presbytery to another. There are organizations like the North American Presbyterian and Reformed Council, NAPARC, where these sorts of updates are given Let me encourage you, if you haven't already, to just find the Global RP, Global Alliance website and have instant access to what's going on in congregations around the world. It's good to know about the broader church. There is, of course, a warning and a safeguard here that we need to have in place. When news gets out about different places in the church and different people in congregations, watch out for gossip, watch out for speculation about what's happening, quote-unquote, in other churches. What you hear may be a one-sided account at best, or just false at worst. I've been made aware of several situations recently where this was going on in the church. And when you knew the whole picture, it was really sadly unbelievable how things were being distorted. We should always be on guard against trial by social media. But there's much good. There's much good. Take the warning, but there's so much good 
and so much good that the, the internet and social media can provide for us. Facebook pages, denominational magazines, the midweek prayer meeting segments that are pulled out from those prayer requests from sister churches. We should want to be informed about missionaries. It's so good to hear from Jan Buchanan just very recently. To have those kingdom updates. And among ourselves, we should be a congregation that really communicates, that has the communion of the saints in real and practical ways. Paul says that you may know how we are. Do you know how each other are? Do people know how you're doing? How I'm doing? Doesn't always happen. Congregations can easily become impersonal, anonymous places. I pray that the church grows. And so do you, I know. But there's a blessing of a smaller congregation. There's a blessing in a smaller congregation. It's hard to hide. And that may not sound like a blessing to you. But it is. It is. Why do you want to hide? Why do I want to hide? Embarrassment, pride, whatever it is. How are we doing? Sometimes we, the fault is we don't ask other people. We're just content with superficial conversations. Sometimes we don't ask. But I think more times we don't tell, do we? We don't tell. Now, of course, again, there's a balance here and there's a wisdom here. Have you ever looked at Galatians chapter 6 and read it carefully and, and seen in those verses, the early verses of Galatians 6, a little bit of uh, a paradox Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then verse 5, for each one of you should carry his own burden. That's what it is, though. There are things that we carry ourselves, and there are things that are meant to be shared and carried with each other. And may God give us the wisdom to know which is which, which is which. So the first aspect was communication. But there was a second related goal, and the two are obviously related. The second purpose in Paul sending Tychicus was consolation. Not just information, but consolation. He was sent to encourage or to comfort the Christians there and that was Paul's prayed for and desired outcome and result. Of course, communication can be used for all kinds of purposes, not all of it righteous or helpful or a blessing, but Paul wanted to see the saints comforted and encouraged. Encouraged that he was really okay. There he is in chains, but I want you to know how I'm doing. 
I'm okay. I've learned. In plenty, in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm being used by Christ. I'm seeing the church grow. I'm being enabled to speak before kings and testify of another king in another kingdom. Encouraged by the doctrine of the letter that Paul sent. Encouraged by Paul's faith and courage to stand firm by God's grace. Encouraged as Paul pointed them to things above where Christ is reigning. There were lots of ways that Paul wanted to communicate comfort through Tychicus, but perhaps it's to be understood in a more official way. Tychicus, perhaps, as we considered before, was a minister of the word, an ordained minister of the word. And so it was the encouragement of Holy Scripture as well that Tychicus would bring. Because only the Word of God can truly encourage us. And we can encourage others with it then. The word here in the Greek, encourage, is a broad one. It's more than just what we naturally think of as encouragement, I think it. It includes to, to comfort, of course, and to spur on, to urge, to exhort as well. It's very broad, very broad. Paul wanted the Christians here to be encouraged through Tychicus by his personal witness, but especially by the Word of God. The Word of God is what we need for true encouragement, true comfort, true exhortation in everything good. Because, you know, the Bible is a wonderful book. It's an amazing book. Because the Bible is just not a, one human being writing to or speaking to another human being. It is God speaking. What the Bible says, boys and girls, listen. What the Bible says, God says. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever doubt it. What the Bible says, God says. And what does God say in the Bible to us? You know the first thing, one of the first things that he said? God tells us how we are doing. Isn't that something? We can think about how we're doing and, and, and we can have some understanding of how we're doing. But in the Bible, God tells us how we are really doing. And the first thing that he says to human beings is that you're conceived in sin. You're born in sin. By nature, children of wrath. That's how we're doing. Someone at the funeral after came up to me and said, did you have to remind me again that I'm a sinner? I said, well, we all need to hear that. Well, what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? How are we doing? We're darkened in our understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us due to the hardening of our hearts, Ephesians 4.18. God tells us how we are doing, but he also tells us what he has done. 
2 Corinthians 5, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus said he didn't come for the healthy. The doctor doesn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. That's how we're doing. But he came to seek and to save the lost. For all those who look to him and trust in him to be forgiven and made righteous in God's sight. And if you're trusting in Christ this morning, if you've really heard how you are doing in sin and what God has done in Christ, there is, for the believer in the Scriptures, great gospel comfort for how you're doing. There are personal promises for you in God's Word. No matter how you're doing this morning, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. I've learned what it is to be content whether I abound or whether I'm in want, whether I'm sick, whether I'm healthy, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that good is to be made like Christ. Because the next verses say, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son." Personal promises for you, no matter how you're doing. And great gospel kingdom promises for the church. Because how is the church doing? There are encouragements, and we thank God for them. But there are so many discouragements. I had a number of Cases of of ministers in the church, some that I'm very good friends with, others that I only know in passing, in the past number of months that were unimaginably discouraging, heartbreaking. How's the church doing? Well, we need to hear most of all, not those reports, we need to hear most of all from Jesus. How's the church doing, Jesus? I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Not everything that we may want to know, but everything that we need to know. He's told his friends. Matthew Henry said, Christ takes believers to be his friends. He visits them and converses with them as his friends. He bears with them and sympathizes with them. He pleads for them in heaven and takes care of all their interests there. Can we be comforted and encouraged as the church of Jesus Christ in the world and in our generation? Absolutely. 
being confident of this, Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in you, and the you is plural, you all, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. So you see, beloved, where true gospel-based, spirit-led communication takes place, personally and in the church, and where that is met with biblical gospel encouragement, then no matter how we are doing, God's people will be comforted and encouraged. 